This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Payer Issues Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Richard Embry, Medical Director of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Alabama. Dr. Embry, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Great to be here with you, Laura. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, but before we dive into our discussion, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, I'm a medical director, of course, with Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Alabama. I've been here about three years. Um, I work primarily in medical policy, but also support several of our large public employee self-funded groups uh, with their clinical questions and such. Prior to coming to Blue Cross, I was chief medical officer for several health systems in Alabama and Virginia, and 20 years of clinical experience as a cardiothoracic surgeon before that. Got it. Well, that's fascinating to hear. And, you know, I'm excited for you to bring your expertise to our discussion. Considering what we've been through in the past two years or two years plus, three years almost in the pandemic, um, what are some of the top one or two issues that are consuming most of your time today? You know, someday I hope to be able to tell you it's not COVID, uh, but it's still COVID um, right now, particularly with the recent uh, mandate for home health testing. And of course, that got every uh, payer uh, scrambling to set up a system where we could reimburse our members who have um, purchased and are using, utilizing home tests. But in addition to that, uh, the other things that we're spending a lot of time for, uh, a lot of time with, are uh, things such as the transparency mandate. As you know, in I think July, we have to start publishing what we reimburse providers for various services, just like they've been mandated to do. Uh, we're also working on or working through all of the elements of the surprise billing legislation that came through last year and how do we handle that? How do we do the appeals and the arbitration and all the provisions there to make sure that our members aren't stuck with these huge out-of-network surprise bills uh, when they have to have emergency care? So I think we've got that all sorted out, but that has been a big part of what we've been doing over the last several months. Um, I think we are also working to evaluate uh, how we do business and how we can improve that. COVID has really made everyone start to think about, are there different and better ways uh, to do, to conduct our business? Can we be more efficient? Everyone having to go remote, uh, working from home, um, having to figure out different ways to interact with providers and members. Really, perhaps that's the silver lining in the COVID cloud because we're really looking at how can we do everything in our business better. That's so interesting to think about, especially you know when you're looking at the transparency mandate upcoming and the surprise billing that's already started, the different things you have to do in order to comply with those. Looking at transparency specifically, how do you see that changing the way you think about the markets and negotiations that you have with uh, providers? You know, I think a lot of different people uh, are predicting different things will happen. I think the first thing to keep in mind is that individual patients don't negotiate price. They choose a provider based on physical location, recommendations from family members or their personal primary care doc, uh, things like that. They don't really care about price very much. Perhaps that's because of insurance has covered most of that. Where I think it's going to be valuable is when self-funded groups uh, and insurance companies can look and see what a uh, provider or hospital is getting paid by their competition. And that will probably, 
I think most likely lead to price compression. Uh, some providers will see an increase, but I suspect a, a majority of, of hospitals will see some decrease uh, in their reimbursement because now uh, the person sitting across the table from you knows what uh, its competition is paying you. I think that that transparency is going to be very good. It's going to squeeze some of the waste out, some of the economic rents in certain markets where uh, hospitals are able to charge really high, you know, possibly excessive prices. Some of that will go away. Uh, there may be some places where hospitals are underpaid and they deserve to be paid more. So I, th I think it's going to be better for the consumers and for our self-funded employer groups. Got it. That's really interesting to hear. And I, I think that's a great point in terms of who's really going to be looking at these um, prices and what it means for business strategy um, going forward. Now, what partnerships do you see as being vital for payers and providers to really transform healthcare and healthcare delivery? Yeah, um, I think we're all excited on the payer side to build better, closer relationships with providers. Um, there, there is a fair amount of inefficiency uh, in the market because it's it's fee for service, some um, some value based healthcare, uh, but it's been transactional, and we need to move that to partnerships. A great example would be um, care bundles. Uh, there's been a lot of success with things such as uh, joint bundles, joint replacement bundles in the Medicare uh, space, and moving that into the commercial space uh, could benefit everyone. That is, uh, providers who uh, are really top-notch, can control costs, can get outstanding outcomes, and are willing to take on some of the risk of the, um, of the transaction are, should be rewarded for that. So they could end up making more money, and we could end up actually having better outcomes for our members, our patients, at a lower cost. So we're really excited about collaborating with providers. The other thing where we will almost certainly need to collaborate with is in chronic disease management. Uh, this is a big concern of employers. Uh, there are employees <clears throat> who have chronic diseases such as diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease. Um, we know that if we can actively manage those members, we can get a better outcome, keep them working longer, uh, less absenteeism, and lower costs. But health plans, insurance companies, really only have a limited ability to do that. But if they were partner with really high-quality providers in the community who have more information about our members because they have the medical records, they see the members, they interact with the members, they're really in a much better position uh, to drive that chronic disease management and, and get improved outcomes. So that's another area we're really excited about collaborating with providers. You know, that, that's a really great point when you're looking at the partnerships between providers and payers and, and really figuring out how to deliver the high quality, low cost care. Um, there's just so much that um, can make a difference for patients. Um, Absolutely. What do you think that providers still need in order to really make that a reality? I know from the um, health system side and doctor side, there's been a lot of uh, focus on just trying to figure out how to do it, but a lot of it's still fee for service. So what do you see needing more of from the providers to really make this a reality? Yeah, I think we need to look at, at some innovative uh, reimbursement models. Um, we talked about 
uh, joint bundles, but uh, then there's chronic disease management that may take more of a um, monthly standard payment, uh, PMPM, so to speak, rather than a per episode or per visit reimbursement, um, sort of um, sort of a managed care approach. And I think really having more arrangements like there, that to generate value for both the providers, but also for the members. So I think there's some of that. I think there um, is improving our um, sharing of, of clinical information and the insurance companies can be part of that. Uh, oftentimes one provider's EHR doesn't interact with another provider's EHR. And so they have trouble exchanging information. So uh, allowing the insurance companies to help make that more of a reality, the health information exchanges and, and making the flow of information among providers more seamless is, is another area where I think we can help a lot, help our providers. Got it. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, where do you see the best opportunities for a digital transformation in the payer space? And I know you have a kind of a unique um, perspective on that as well, being a physician and, and coming from the clinical side. So what do you see as being really some of those big opportunities? Sure. Um, you know, the first one that jumps to mind is mental health. And the pandemic has really pointed out um, the need for behavioral health and mental health services for our members. It's been a very stressful time for everybody, providers, uh, and and everyone, people who are trying to um, kind of get through and survive in the in the isolation that has been uh, the pandemic and the stresses of uh, work uh, or uh, family life, and we know that we don't have adequate resources to provide the level of of mental health and behavioral health services to our to our members. That's where a digital platform might really help, and I think that's. Uh, one of the first things that comes to mind when we think about where, what can digital health really do for our members in the short term. I think uh, one of the other areas that we're really excited about is uh, helping our providers. You know, a great example there is with pre-authorizations, which are just a huge uh, time-consuming, resource-consuming task for our, for our providers. And uh, it's kind of a necessary evil. Uh, because without some sort of pre-authorization mechanism, there is the tendency to have overutilization or inappropriate utilization of healthcare services. But getting the right authorization, making sure that our members get the right care at the right time should be much easier than it is. It's a terrible burden. A digital platform is a great example of that, really being able to get an instantaneous authorization for a test uh, or a diagnostic procedure or an operation for a provider right then and there and not having to wait a time, a period of time, days, or even longer than that to get authorization to do those procedures would be a great uh, boon for both the providers and also for our members. Doing things such as peer-to-peer, sometimes when it's not obvious why a member needs a given procedure or test, we ask for the provider to speak to one of our reviewing physicians, and then they have to get on the phone at the same time, be able to do that asynchronously through a a platform, a digital platform would save a lot of time for everyone. So those are the things we're really excited about to, to make our providers' uh, lives as well. And then promoting improved communication between the providers and our members so that uh, those relationships uh, can be more productive and less time-consuming. So maybe our members don't have to try, drive you know, an hour to see a cardiologist or an hour and a half 
to see a nephrologist um, using telehealth and other digital platforms to make it easier on our members. So we're really excited about that. I think there's a huge future in in digital health uh, and using some of these incredible tools that are just sort of becoming available to us. You got to remember, healthcare still uses fax machines, so we're a little slow to take on uh, new technology, but uh, there's a lot of promise and potential in it. Absolutely. I think in particular, our uh, physician audience will be excited to hear about the prior authorizations. I know that's constantly a pain point um, and (laughs) something that I'm sure from um, your vantage point as well is something um, that's ripe for innovation and disruption a little bit. So, Dr. Embry, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Sounds great, Laura. Thanks for letting me be part of it. Take care.